0: All right. Turning your Bibles to the book of Titus. I'm going to give you time to get there. It's in the T's part of your Bible. For those that are, it's uh, you go through First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, and you'll run into Titus. We have looked at like a tree. We have looked at the church grows warmer through fellowship. And with with the uh, like a tree, we've had uh, we may have been premature with this. The roof of our beautiful. Log cabin with the chinking in between, and is that cardboard? Well, it is cardboard. (laughs) Uh, It did have snow on it, now the snow's gone, so it's, uh, you know, not very much snow. And the trees, have you noticed that they're leafing out a little bit? And that may be premature, but... uh, I seen a few dandelions the other day. I couldn't believe it. I'm not lying to you. Um, so we've started this out with like a tree, and then after that, we've looked at the church growing warmer through fellowship. Then the following week, we looked at the church grows deeper through discipleship, and then after that, the church grows stronger through worship, and I preached that at Centralia last week, and Short Sledge, he was over here and preached for me. Appreciate that. Logan Hackworth, here to lead the service for me. I appreciate that young man as well. And then, today we're going to look at the church grows wider through ministry. Are you at Titus? Titus chapter 3. Verse number eight, and this is with that number five again, you will find this four times in the Bible where it says faithful, one time it says truthful, but these are the five things that the church was built upon and based everything on in the first century church. And this was the fourth thing we're going to look at, the church growing wider through ministry. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Good works does not save anyone, but every saved person will have good works. If you're meaner than a junkyard dog with AIDS, you ain't saved. If you wouldn't help anybody, not a single person, you ain't saved. Good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Father, take the words that we will speak here this morning, and I am believing, God, that it will be beneficial. It will be what exactly every person needs here today, and let them glean from that. In Jesus' name, amen. For you to be able to follow up on this with the first one we preached after we started off with like a tree, then we preached fellowship, you can find that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. Then we preached on discipleship. You can find that as a faithful saying in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. We preached on worship. You can find that as a faithful saying in First Timothy chapter four, verse nine. Today in ministry, Titus three verse eight, and evangelism, First Timothy, chapter one, verse 15. To grow wider through ministry, you've got to increase the base. This church, you've heard me say this numerous times, specifically I've mentioned this again and again and again on Wednesday nights, there's a reason why most churches in Wayne County and the surrounding counties have 70 to 80 people within them. That's about all one person can take care of. And for whatever reason, I think more than anything, it's a control issue. Sometimes it's an issue of, uh, mm, if somebody else does something and they might do it better than me, and then how would I look? That may be the reason why so many preachers are not ever willing to let go of the reins and and let anyone else uh, come to the forefront and preach or do anything because it might diminish them somehow is how they think. So 70 to 80, 90 people, that's about it. So when a church wants to grow taller, there's only one way to do it. you got to grow wider. you got to have more people involved. There are, on an active ministry level, just within the walls of this building, every Sunday morning, there's over 100 volunteers. There ain't no way I can do it all. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I don't want to do it all. <laughs> D.L. Moody said, Why should I do the work of ten people when I can give ten people a job? Here, here. Here, here. And what that does, that gets people more plugged in than they would ever be otherwise. So when they know that they're coming and they got a job, this is why we say you need to go to the connection class. You need to become part of what we're doing. You need to become a member of Orchardville Church. And I'll tell you one of the big reasons for that, because then the church goes from being that church, it then becomes my church. Oh, that church at Orchardville. No, it becomes my church. And from the connection class, then you can see where all the different ministries that there are and all the different ways where you can get plugged in. That plug can be so close to that receptacle, but never get anything from it until it gets plugged in. And the church grows wider through ministry. Now, here's my question. No, first, I need a volunteer. All right. I will. Jack, come and help me. Now, are you strong enough to lift up one of these buckets? You better be. (laughs) Now, look at all this advertisement we're giving to Lowe's. George went to them and asked them about uh, donating some material for the 50 bunk beds that we got. And they said, no, we can't do that. This shows what kind nature and good-natured guy I am to go ahead and to show all these Lowe's buckets up here and it to be seen on the Internet and all over the known civilized world that we still go to Lowe's. (laughs) Now... We got the plastic here for a reason because I don't want to have a fallout with Angie McMean and Karen Wason. <laughs> and then on top of the plastic, we got, we got the cardboard, and on top of the cardboard, we got the sand. Now, I want Jack to be able, if you can, I don't know. Take that one. I already emptied that one. Take this one right here. Show the girls your muscles and empty that on top of there. Don't wrench your back out. Your mom would never forgive me. Huh? All right, that's good. Very good. Now, my question. We're already splashing over here on this end, on this south side. Uh, You know what? South, south this way. It's like when Kitty said that uh, years ago. Mr. Gray uh, filled in out there, and at that time he was probably 80 some years old. He filled in at Barry School. And all the kids, second graders out there playing uh, soccer or kickball. And he was screaming at them, saying, No, it's the wrong way. Go south. Go south. (laughs) Like these little second graders knew which way south was. (laughs) All right, Jack, I want you to take this cardboard and put on the end of each one of those. Yeah, there you go. Just like so. Make it nice and neat. That that ain't touching up good. (laughs) Right here. See there? There you go. Keep going. You're about there. Now do, all right, now, all right. Now, can we pour more sand? Yes, we can. Jack, get ready to pour more sand. Here, I'll help you out. Oh, gosh. Look out. <laughs> All right, we we've made our point. We don't sense in doing the rest of them. Thanks, Jack. Good man. <clears throat> <laughs> the only way we can do it is to go, and it is. I mean, you can't get around it. To build up more sand, you got to have the base going wider and wider and wider. That's the only way to pile up more sand. Only way in church ministry for this church to grow bigger and to grow larger is for the constantly, the influx of people coming in and everybody getting a job, doing ministry. Let me give you some for, for examples on this. Steve Upchurch over at the Centralia Branch, the pastor over there, he told me recently that he preached a funeral message of a, of a Harley rider over in that area that had no church affiliation, but uh, somehow that they knew Steve, and, and they asked Steve to do, the, to do the funeral. And Steve told me, he said, in that funeral home in all my life, that was the most tattoos, leathers, and cleavage I had ever seen in a funeral home <laughs> at one time. And after it was over, then they went back to the Centralia branch and we uh, the Centralia branch fed everybody. And Rod Dial, the music minister over there, told me that there was 150 people showed up and he walked outside and counted the Harleys in the parking lot. There was 102 Harleys sitting out there in the church parking lot. And let me tell you what that is. That is ministry is what that is. <clears throat> That's ministry. I want Steve and Jennifer Upchurch over to Centralia Branch to please stand. And I'm sure they're getting a big hand clap for being my guests. Aaron Newby has been in a battle. Aaron, you're quite the young man. He's been in a battle concerning his eyesight. And he is, and I don't know all the lingo of it, but where everybody else has something in their eye that basically is the strength of cardboard. Uh, Justin, his dad, told me that Aaron's eye is the strength of tissue paper. And it becomes detached, and they have fought this battle for some time. And just recently, they were traveling through uh, to go to Belleville to have another surgery. They were traveling through Breeze. And Jody told me, his mom told me, that they were listening to the sermon on the CD like a tree. And as you drive up in the breeze, there's that big water tower, and it's got a tree on the water tower. How many's ever seen that? And it looks like the tree is bowed, and it looks like how it's painted, that the wind is blowing against the tree. And Jody told me this. She said, Preacher, when I seen that and we were listening to that sermon, I told, I told uh, uh, the ones that was in the car, Aaron and Justin, I said, it seems more like than a breeze, it seems like a violent storm is blowing against us. Then she said this, strong roots grow when rough winds blow. Hallelujah, that's true, that's true. You tell me somebody and I'll show you somebody that, that had went through something and went through a test. They've got a testimony and they've got something to be able to talk about. The ministry of Orchardville Church is what my family and I have really needed. That's what she told me over the, over the phone. I want the newbies to please stand. Grandma and Grandpa, you please stand. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. We're talking about growing, growing through ministry. And you do that by loving Jesus and by loving others. Christy McKinney, she looks over her husband. Oh, no. <laughs> I told her Wednesday night, Christy, your story, I'd really like for you to be willing. I was going to say be willing to let me tell it. I'd really like for you, and I know what she was thinking. I'd really like for you to tell it. I'd really like for you, and she's shaking her head when I'm, I'm really, I'd really like for you to let me tell your story. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be okay then. <laughs> Christy worked with a man that his daughter lived in Texas, and she was needing a kidney. And Chrissy just felt like, for some reason, I think that it's something that I'm supposed to do. And she was looking for guidance, and what, what should I do? And I don't know what to do. And she came to church on a Wednesday night, and she told me after the fact that she was, Lord, let me know something. I need to know something on this Wednesday night. What am I supposed to do? I mean, this is serious. I'm gonna, I'd be going down to Texas. I'd be you know, under the knife and all of that. What, what, what should I do? And in that service, what I was speaking on was different civilizations and where they felt that the seat of emotions were at. And I said, in America, we feel that and for 200 years plus, felt that the seat of emotions was the heart. That's why you have your heart-shaped Valentines and all of that. But in ancient Greece, they felt that it was the liver. And I said, man, what would the Valentine cards been like in ancient Greece? I don't love you a sliver, I love you with all my liver. <laughs> and ancient Rome, ancient Rome, they felt that it was the kidneys. And I just said, Sidney, I love you with all my kidney. <laughs> well, that night, Christy really felt like that 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 was her answer, that she was supposed to give that girl, that little girl, her kidney. And by the way, that little girl's name was Sydney. Yeah, yeah. I need Brian and Christy to please stand. Come on, you can stand. (laughs) Give them a hand. Yeah. And Sydney's doing great, so is Christy. Praise God for that. I have been on a building project here lately. And I'm 52 going on 53, and man, it's so sad what I used to be able to do. Oh. Uh, My boy says in basketball, I'm always talking about how great I was. He said, Dad, the older you get, the greater you were. (laughs) And (laughs) I have used thousands of nails on this building project that I am currently on. Let me ask you a trivia question here. What is the most widely used of all nails? I ain't hearing it. Eight, sixteens, I ain't hearing it. Who said common? Very good, Crystal. The common nail is the most widely used of all the nails. And you know anybody that says, preacher, how can I ever do anything for God? I'm just so common. That's who God's looking for. That's who God's looking for. Because they's more of us than they is anybody else. That's right. I mean, years ago, I used to watch TBN. Man, I ain't watched that forever. I used to watch that, and it'd show, they'd always have Miss America or somebody on there and about how great she was, and I'm thinking, good grief. How can, how can anybody relate to that? There ain't been very many Miss Americas in the world. But listen, a common nail, a common person, most everybody can relate to. This is why there's two schools of thought on pastoring a church, especially when you give announcements. On school, on, on thought number one is you give announcements and you never make a mistake and you do it with gloss and slickness and everything is just perfect. I think about that is that's what I think about that. The other school of thought is you make a few mistakes and you just go on. I wonder which one do I abide by here? I go by school of thought number two, and the reason why is because most people who are just like me, they would think if I was up there, I'd make the same mistakes that that mumbling and bumbling preacher makes sometimes, because most of us are common, and God is looking for you. Jude says, talks about the common salvation. In Titus, it talks about the common faith. God is looking for common people to be willing to be able to pour his goodness into so in turn they can get involved with what's going on and the base automatically becomes wider and the church is able to do more than we've ever done before. Now listen, I know that there are negatives to a a larger church. You're not always going to be able to get me to come to your house and have tea and crumpets. (laughs) I know that. And you know that. But I'm here to tell you, I think it far outweighs the negatives, is to have a bigger church. And the reason why is because that base is bigger. And that work can grow larger. And you reach more people. You reach more people. And that's what God's about, us reaching people. When Carlin Loker talked to that woman years ago and she said, Oh, I just love our small little family church. And Carlin said, What do you do with the Great Commission, though? No. That's a good question. Yeah. Oh, you can't really minister anybody unless you got about 80 or less. Really? What do you do to person number 81? You tell them not to come in. See that just, that logic does not follow. I mean, it does not work. God is wanting us to expand, and here's what happens. Have you been to a family get together, family reunion, and you have it out at the park, the Leo French Park, Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown Park at Florida, Wayne, Wayne City Park at Wayne City? All right, stop. <laughs> And everybody knows everybody, and everybody's comfortable with everybody for the most part. And, and then uh, uh, Jimmy walks in, and he's walking across the lawn, and you see him, and he's got a, he's got a young girl with him. And now, let, let's turn this around, because I think it's more, more appropriate the other way. Little Sally that everybody's so fond of. She comes walking across the the grass, and she's got this unshaven guy walking up next to her. Everybody is staring at that guy. I wonder if he's going to fit in here. (laughs) I don't really like the looks of that guy. Hey, Martha, he's got a tattoo. And when the church starts acting like that, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. God is saying, be a nail in my holy place. You can find that in Isaiah 22 and in Ezra chapter 9. Be a nail in my holy place. When Israel went into Egyptian bondage, they're not in the right place. And the reason why, they're no longer living in tents. They do not have tent pegs. They have no nails, what God called them to be. When they went into Babylonian captivity, they now are no longer living in tents. There are no tent pegs. There are no nails. They are not being what God called them to be. As a nail, I am called to be a ring shank nail. A ring shank nail, you hammer it in and it won't let go. It won't let go. Not well. I didn't get noticed, or I didn't. Nobody shook my hand, or I brought colored toothpicks to the church picnic, and nobody mentioned that in the bulletin. <laughs> I'm just going to pull out. You won't do that if you're a ring shank nail. Most people, some people anyway, are a double-headed nail. How many's ever seen a double-headed nail? How many wouldn't know what I'm talking about if uh, all right? <laughs> Double-headed nail's got two heads on it. There. How's that for an explanation on double-headed nail? (laughs) And a double-headed nail will go just far. And the reason why, is because then it becomes easy to pull it out. Don't be that way, church. Be willing to go all the way. People that are double-headed nails are always looking for a reason to bug out and to leave. They are self-serving sissies or what they are. And God's work calls for a people to band together and become like an army of workers together to be able to get the job done. And the Bible says the double headed man is unstable in half his ways. No, he's unstable in all of his ways. Be a ring shank nail that is here to stay. How many ring shank nails are in this place today? Thank God you know who you are. Some of you need to get your mind made up. <laughs> Jacob said, "I will not let you go, Lord, until you bless me." Friend, that's a ring shank nail. Noah spent hundred and twenty-five years building the ark without a blueprint, without ocean improvement, without a a being a a a a a a, 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 <laughs> a without having a black and decker saw. The ring shank nail. You know what? Nails have been used in part of God's salvation. In John chapter twenty, the Bible talks about the print of the nails. Yeah. You ever straightened out a crooked nail? It's not easy to do. You know what's easier to do? Anybody? Get another nail. Get another nail. God don't do that. God looked up that sycamore tree where Zacchaeus was at. I've been to that spot, and they've got, they've got a fence, a chain-link fence built around that tree, twice as big around as, as what's around that drum cage right there. This is a tree that Zacchaeus climbed up. Now, how anybody knows that, I don't know. But he had to be up a tree, so it could have been that one. So Zacchaeus was up a tree. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, what's the rest of that? You come down from going to your house today. And he went to that and that man went to that he went to that man's house and he straightened that man out. And we don't know what that conversation dealt with. We don't know. It was just like the door was closed. The Bible don't tell us what it was. But when the door opens back up and Jesus is willing to uh, get ready to leave, Zacchaeus is saying, whatever I have stolen, I will pay back fourfold. That man got straightened out. The woman taken in adultery. When everybody was willing to stone her, and the only one that had the right to do it was the Son of God, and he wouldn't pick up a rock. And he said, you're forgiven. Go and sin no more. Jesus looks at the woman there, the woman at the well, and that woman leaves that Conversation as a true blue believer, and goes back to her city and and tells the story, and everybody comes out to see who Jesus is. Jesus spent time straightening that crooked nail. Aren't you glad? I know a bunch of you are straight as arrows, but some of you as crooked as the devil himself. (laughs) Jesus sees. Potential. Jesus sees potential. Sue Britton told me just recently, Mark, you'll never know what Orchardville Church and the ministries of Orchardville Church mean to my family. You'll never know. Growing wider through ministry. Every nail that's ever been made is made for one purpose, Anyone want to guess what that purpose is? To be what? Driven. Driven. That's right. That's right. And man, I love to see it when a Christian person is driven to do what God wants him to do. Wow. Not this milk toast, lace on your underwear, scared. They got to ask mom if they can do anything. Or even worse than that, they got to ask their wife if they can do anything. No. To be driven. To be driven. And the last nail. What would the last nail be? Finishing Finishing nail. That's right. A finishing nail. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4 I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course. A finishing nail. I want to finish. What God started within my life, I want to go all the way. Bow your heads, please. Father, we thank you, God, for this another time that you've given me to expound your precious word and help us as a church with all of the different ministries that we have. Well over a hundred ministries in this church, and everybody can get involved. Thankful for that, Lord. Now I ask and pray, God, that they would have the want to to get involved. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: This is my desire to honor With all my heart, I worship you All I have within me I give you praise All that I adore is in you This is my desire to honor You, oh Lord, with all my heart. I worship You. All I have within me, I give. My soul, and I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way. This is my desire to honor you, Lord. With all my heart, I worship you. All I have. The moment I'm away With all my heart, I worship you, Lord, I worship you, and all I have within me, will I give you praise, all that I adore is in you. heart, I give you my soul, and I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, and I live for That I take every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way in me. This is my desire to. Lord, with all my heart, I worship You. Lord, I worship You. All I have within me, I give You praise. All that I adore is in You, Lord. my soul and I live for you, Lord. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul and I live for It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, Please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.